Well, good morning again. I'm uh, Pastor Kurt. I, uh, I work for the 6th through 12th graders here at Troy United Methodist Church. It's, uh, it's the best part of my life, and uh, it's a privilege to uh, be on staff here at church and to serve you on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and during special events. And this is uh, a high holy day. I know it's the Sunday after Easter, but in terms of student ministry here, this is a high holy day in the life of Troy United Methodist Church. Two, two, uh, two verses out of uh, Paul's writing to the church in Rome, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. Let us pray. Oh God, be with us in these moments as we meditate upon these words of Scripture. May we hear in them a word of truth and a word that will impact the way that we live each day. Bless us, bless us with that, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I want to say uh, just a, a word to our confirmation students and their parents, their families. Uh, we're so glad that you're here, and especially those who've traveled in from, uh, from out of the area. We have folks from, from Troy and Granite City and Belleville and Staunton. Um, but we've also got people from uh, Florida and from Springfield, Illinois, and from California, from Los Angeles. So uh, thanks so much for putting this on your calendar and making the effort and taking the time to be here today. There were some questions that were given to a Bible school class on a test, and these are some of the responses um, unchanged. Not this confirmation class, though. <laughs> Adam and Eve were created from an apple tree, and Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. <laughs> Noah built an ark, and the animals came in pairs, P-E-A-R-S, pairs. Lot's wife was a pillar of salt during the day, but a ball of fire during the night. Moses led the Jews to the Red Sea where they made unleavened bread, which is bread without any ingredients. <laughs> the first of the commandments was when Eve told Adam to eat the apple. The seventh commandment is, thou should not admit adultery. Moses died before he ever reached Canada. <laughs> then Joshua led the Hebrews in the battle of Jeritol. <laughs> this one happens to be uh, my favorite, but I don't know how to explain it. Jesus was born because Mary had an immaculate contraption. <laughs> the 12 people who followed the Lord were called the 12 decibels. <laughs> and the last one, one of the opossums was St. Matthew, <laughs> who was also a taxi man. 
It's important to know the scriptures, right? It's important to know your story that comes by reading and studying and, and learning the scriptures. Um, the first part of our uh, session in the confirmation series was titled, Know Your Story, about creation, sin and redemption, about the Holy Spirit and about new creation and about the role of the early church. And we know stuff when we read the scriptures. Um, that's part of what we do in confirmation. It's not all we do in confirmation, but it's part of what we do. It's why we have uh, student classes on Sunday morning that read continuous readings out of, the, out of the Bible so that students get exposure to the scripture and in big chunks of it, not just a verse here and a verse there, uh, but, but continuity. And then on Wednesday nights when we have youth group, where we always have a scripture and a focus and a lesson, and it, it, so we know things. But there's more to it than just, um, than just knowing. Paul writes um, about experiencing the faith. And he says to the, um, he says to the church in Rome, uh, he shares his own announcing of Jesus as the risen Lord. And he's summoning people to an obedience of faith. He goes on to explain that when faith happens, it leads to salvation. And that's what we're talking about in confirmation is continuing this process of salvation. This isn't graduation. This isn't the end. This is a, a huge milestone on your journey of faith. It's a continuing of letting the faith happen and having that lead to a life of salvation. Paul explains this with a remarkable statement. Um, one of the clearest in all of his writings of what precisely Christian faith consists of. It is not for him a general sense of the presence of a benevolent God. It is the confession of Jesus as Lord and the belief that God raised him from the dead. It's the Easter message. It's about resurrection. Paul says the belief in Jesus' resurrection is located in the heart in the very core of who we are as people. It is where the renewal must take place. We talk about John Wesley having his heart strangely warmed. It's that renewal. It's the faith at work in your life. It's a belief in the resurrection that is the telltale symptom of that renewal. Genuine heart level belief comes about through the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. That's part of what you're confessing today, confirmation students. Paul writes about this faith as experiencing it in your heart by the Holy Spirit and confessing and, pro and professing it on your lips. He's connecting your heart with your mouth. <laughs> John Wesley connected our hearts with our lives, living a life of holiness Today, when we talk about the baptismal covenant and confirmation, you're confirming the vows that were made at your baptism. And one of the questions, students, that you'll answer is, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Will you confess him today? And in one of our journal entries, uh, you'll remember that it said, not only will you have an opportunity to confess today, but will you confess tomorrow and next week? and next month, and next year. 
Will you continue on a daily basis to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And how is it that you will do that? Rowan Williams, um, the former Archbishop of Canterbury from 2002 to 2012, indicated that uh, resurrection has consequences. Confessing Jesus Christ also has its consequences. He said the resurrection is more than an idea we talk about or believe propositionally. It's something we become, something we prove in the living of our stories. It's the believer's life that is the testimony to the risenness of Jesus. He or she demonstrates that Jesus is not dead by living a life in which Jesus is the never-failing source of affirmation, challenge, enrichment, and enlargement. It's a pattern, a dance, intelligible as a pattern only when its pivot and heart becomes manifest. The believer shows Jesus as the center of his or her life. You profess it with your lips, that which you have faith in your heart, that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. The resurrection is more than a proposition that we believe. It's something that we prove by the way that we live it out. It's a daily confession that Jesus is Lord. It has to do with the last part of our confirmation series, and that was uh, after know your faith, it was confirm your faith, and then this last section was live your commitment. So live your commitment today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and the years after that. And so how do you do that? What's that look like to be the evidence of the resurrection, to live out your confession daily, that which you profess on your lips? Well, our students um, have been busy this year. These are just a few things that they've done this, this year, in 2019. We spent a day of service at the Midwest Mission Distribution Center on Martin Luther King Day, a day of volunteering or a day of service, as it's called. We worked on bicycles. We worked on uh, the cleaning kits that uh, Jeff mentioned a while ago, uh, rolling trash bags, sorting out products. We spent a day up there doing that. That's doing service in the name of Christ. It's putting your faith in your heart that you profess on your lips into service in the world. We worked a half a day or half a Saturday at Ministries Unlimited here in town, and we worked on potatoes. I don't remember how many pounds, but pounds and pounds and pounds of potatoes. Getting ready for distribution for people that come in the doors of Ministries Unlimited. We spent an evening painting furniture at Restore Decor in Edwardsville. Uh, they collect donated furniture, they paint it, they resell it, and then all the money they make gets turned into ministry in funding meeting the needs of people and families in Edwardsville. We uh, worked for an afternoon at the Glen Ed Food Pantry, not working with food, but working with shoes. Um, they also have a, a clothes closet there, and we worked on shoes for two hours. Uh, sorting shoes, pairing shoes together, finding the, Andy will like this, finding the lost, lonely uh, Cubs sandal, <laughs> and finding its mate somewhere else in another box, and they were brought together <laughs> by one of our students who loves the Cubs. Our Wednesday night offerings at Youth Group, we have uh, funded some ministry at Ministries Unlimited, 
And we also have money to send uh, through uh, the general conference um, advanced specials to Jesus S.L. Senior United Methodist Church, the Hispanic Church in Cobden. And our confirmation students served a half of a Saturday volunteering at Joe's Mall. And I put that in air quotes, Joe's Mall. It's a garage, but it's their place of ministry at the Hispanic Church in Cobden. And we sorted food and um, packaged food together for local residents who would come through and pick up the, uh, the drinks and the snacks. And you might be surprised to learn, because I was, the people that came through weren't members of that church. That church is in ministry to the community in Cobden. And so we were surprised at the folks that come through there. So doing missions is one way of living daily your confession. It's about service. It's one of the reasons that uh, Susan Kleindorfer embroiders a towel for you on Confirmation Sunday with the United Methodist Cross and Flame and your name on it, Alex. Uh, each of you have one of these. This is a symbol of service. It symbolizes when Jesus wrapped a towel around his waist and he bent down and he washed the feet of his disciples. And so you live out your profession in acts of service. Those, those, those are things that um, our students have done, but there are other things that I have seen uh, just this year that also are acts of service that might connect with some of the adults. Linda and I, uh, my wife Linda and I, have a close family friend who mails birthday cards uh, to our children. She, she did it when our children were little, and now that they're adults, she still sends birthday cards. That's an act of service. That's living out your faith. I know um, a grown woman who is still a daughter, and... Um, Her dad, her dad was just diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, and she has been encouraging and supportive and um, an encouragement to her father. That's what love looks like. That's what service looks like, being an encourager. My older brother and his wife um, attended the birthday of their 30-year-old daughter. <laughs> that sounds kind of strange, but they were invited. And in fact, uh, Alyssa insisted that Chris and Sandra come and join her friends at Jeff's Bucket Bar, or Bucket, bucket Shop, Jeff's Bucket Shop, um, in a night of karaoke, of singing and celebrating and eating together. <sighs> That's evidence of the resurrection. I have a cousin uh, who's recovering in Washington, the state of Washington, uh, from a heart attack. His two daughters flew from across the country to be there by his side to be of encouragement during his rehab. That's evidence of the resurrection. It's what service looks like in living it out. I made a new friend this last year uh, who's a fisherman. He's a fishing guide. He's trying to teach a man to fish. <laughs> it's all about love um, because this guy can't fish. I can't catch him. Linda catches him. If you want to see pictures, see me after the service. I'll show you pictures of the fish Linda catches.
I know of a high school student who is in a really difficult spot, living with a, a, a friend, um, hasn't graduated from high school yet, but didn't have enough money to put on a, um, a new tire. He was driving around with a donut. One of his friends paid to have the tire put on his car. That's an act of service. There's a couple from the church that bought him five gallons of oil and an oil filter and some windshield wash so that he was ready for the next oil change, which was the next thing coming up on his list of things that needed to be taken care of. That's what living out your confession looks like, is helping someone in need. In Orthodox iconography, when Jesus is shown uh, raising from the dead, he's usually not alone, and he usually has his arm extended, helping the others um, from the grave. And so there's a sense of when you profess your faith and you live out your confession, that you're extending your hand, your arm in Christian love to help those uh, who are in need. I see it lived out in other ways. Uh, my son-in-law, Zane, and, uh, and Grace traveled to Colorado recently so that Zane could have some eye surgery. And uh, it meant that Grace had to drive all the way back from Colorado Springs to Whiteman Air Force Base. That's what love is like, right? You make that vow as husband and wife to have and to hold and to be there and to be committed as an act of service to drive all the way back. I know um, two teachers personally who work with students all day long, and students, you might not know this, but teachers spend their whole day emptying themselves out, pouring themselves out for you for your benefit. They go home at night and die, <laughs> not literally, but metaphorically, to be raised again the next morning to go teach again. And so um, that's an act of service. A lot of teachers will say that that's their calling, that that's one of the ways that they live out their faith is by serving students. I know a family uh, that's connected to this church who has um, a child who just finished medical school. He's an ENT, ears, nose, and throat. I know that he's helped with some ear surgeries and hearing aids. I know that he's helped with um, tonsillectomies and some things like that. I don't want to know anything about the noses. Um, but he graduated from Triad in 2008 and just finished um, college and med school. And so if you add that up, it's about 10 or 11 years of education. That's, that's a lot of school loans. But that's a lot of time of service for a calling of being in the medical field. And... Um, my guess is that he would trade you a, uh, a medical bill for one of his school loan bills. <laughs> but it's an act of service. It's a calling on his life to help people that are having difficulty with their ears, nose, and throat. It's been said that when people live out their call, that it brings healing, it brings restoration, it brings transformation to other people's lives. That's what it does when you live out your confession. And I'll end with, uh, with this story. When uh, the confirmation students were at Giant City State Park um, this spring, we hiked the, uh, the Giant City Trail. And that's a trail that goes along a lot of the big boulders and things like that. And we, we bumped into uh, some groups. And I happened to tell them that 
that stay on the trail. When you get around this corner, there's a cave, and our students found a way to exit out of the cave. And then if you stay on the boardwalk, uh, about 30 yards past the boardwalk is this place called Fat Man Squeeze. And um, no, I didn't, I didn't make it. <laughs> I, I didn't attempt it. But, uh, but we've got pictures. Alex, uh, Alex Bro made it through. But there's an opening about, uh, about this big. And you start there and you, um, you wedge your way in, wiggle your way in. And when you get to a certain spot, you can start going up. And you end up about 25 or 30 feet um, higher than where you started. And you end up on top of this uh, sheer face up at the top. And Alex, Alex made it. We only have a picture of his head over the edge because I told him not to get too close. And he listened. So I appreciate that. We finished that hike. And then we went over to uh, the Devil's Stand Table. And uh, Steve Crobble and... I think Abby was with us, right? Abby Zajac, one of our high school student leaders, with, was with us. So we hiked that trail, and there were two or three students, and Abby and I, we, we took the shortcut back to the bus, and Steve took the other students to go the long way back to the bus. I got back to the parking lot, and there was a man there. He wanted to know if I had um, any lubricant in the bus, in the church bus. And I said, I don't think so. Why? He said one of the high school students got stuck in Fat Man Squeeze. So this was um, from Belleville, not Alex Belleville, but Belleville, Wisconsin. Their high school volleyball team was down playing in a tournament and staying in the park, and um, they got a student stuck in Fat Man Squeeze. Did I tell you that I told them about it? I was feeling pretty guilty, pretty guilty. So we, after Steve got back and we, we took the students around to the, uh, I did not have any lubricant. I didn't have anything to help them at all. Um, we took them by the, the lodge there at Giant City State Park. And then I, I mentioned to Steve, let's go back and see if they've been able to get the student out, the fat man squeeze. So we drive back around and we didn't see a student. What we saw was an ambulance with its lights on. And uh, I felt terrible. We went back to Little Grassy and had our dinner. We had our lesson for that night. And then we headed back to those, the state lodge the next morning for breakfast. And um, Abby was leading the confirmation students in a lesson at the table after we had placed our order. And in walked uh, six or seven high school students. And I knew right away it was the Belleville High School volleyball team. And so I popped up and I went over and I said, tell, tell me what happened. Tell me, is your friend, did they rescue her? And I, and I said, oh yeah, they, they got her out. And I said, did they bring her out in one piece? <laughs> yeah, we brought her out in one piece. I said, well, how did how'd they get her out? Well, they lowered a, a belt from the top and got it on her and they, they lifted her up just enough that she could get her feet underneath herself. And then she walked back out but they airlifted her to the hospital because of hypothermia and dehydration. And if I felt worse before, I felt terrible then. Um, and so I did what I could do. I told um, the waitress that we would take care of their breakfast bill <laughs> at breakfast. And then after 
we paid the bill and um, I talked to the students. And we went over to this table where these students were sitting, this volleyball team. Oh, they were tired because it took them five hours to get her out. And it happened about four or five o'clock in the evening. So they had a really late night. And they were tired and worn out. And um, our confirmation students came around them and I told them, I said, we're, we're really sorry about what happened. We're really glad that your friend made it out and that she's gonna recover okay and that you guys will have a great story to tell <laughs> about how she was rescued and about how God took care of her. Don't mention anything about that United Methodist pastor that told you about Fat Man Squeeze. <laughs> and so we, we said a, uh, a blessing or um, a prayer or a saying of encouragement attributed to John Wesley that we're gonna use this morning as our benediction, but it's basically do all the good you can to all the people you can and all the places you can. That's the saying. A few days later, I got uh, an email from uh, Trevor Bussey, a high school science teacher. Thank you again for buying our group breakfast at Giant City Lodge last Sunday. It made our day. Uh, we were all really exhausted from the night before after having Kylie wedged in the rocks for four hours on the trail. She suffered from hypothermia, hypothermia and dehydration and is fine now and has returned to school. Can you please send me a copy of the poem you read to our group? I would like to put it on a keychain for the students. Most of them are seniors, and I would like them to carry that message with them as they journey away from high school next year. You set a great example for everyone to see. The part about breakfast, not the part on the trail. God does work in mysterious ways. Thank you again. And then uh, several days later, we got a thank you note from the students from the Belleville West, not Belleville West, that's you, from the Belleville Middle School and High School uh, students from Wisconsin about that. That simple act is about um, living out our faith, about professing on our lips what we believe and having it evidenced in the ways that we live and that day, it just happened to be our confirmation students surrounding a group of high school volleyball girls to let them know that they weren't alone and that God is good. Thank you, Kurt. Well, good morning. Troy UMC, it's great to see each of you here today. Uh, I, I, I'm Andy, uh, my, I'm privileged to be the senior pastor here of this uh, great church family. And uh, please forgive me, I'm, I'm a little immobilized, uh, I'm hobbling around a little bit. I had knee surgery on Friday, but I did not want to miss uh, this day of celebration and uh, just acknowledging this big step uh, that each of you confirmants, where, where are you, by the way? Can you just raise your hand? I, I, I see you're all spread out here. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't want to miss this big day. This is, this is a, a big day in your journey with Jesus, and it is worth celebrating, and I'm so glad to see e each of you here, your families, the, the broader church, uh, all the worship services that you don't regularly see are, are here because this is an important day, just like Pastor Kurt said. And I, I'm so uh, grateful uh, you know, for what, what Kurt had to say, that today you are confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart about who Jesus is. 
and what he means in your life. And I'm not going to share a whole lot with you here today, um, except to say this, that just a, a couple chapters after Paul talks about confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart, he talks about offering not just your mouth and your heart, but your entire body as a living sacrifice in your journey with Jesus. And that by the renewing of your mind, your entire life will be transformed as you follow Jesus. And so I, I, I just want to reiterate something that I shared with each of you in that, you know, that, that come to the principal's office final meeting of confirmation. We had this <laughs> confirmation consultation with your family and we're like, okay, do you pass? Is it thumbs up? Kurt and I look at each other, thumb, thumb down. I don't know. Uh, but, but you all got the thumbs up, but, but I really tried to reiterate to you this one thing. This, this might feel like a little bit like a graduation, like, whoo, I did it. I finally arrived, uh, uh, completed those nine months of, of rigorous training uh, with Kurt and the high school leaders. Uh, but this is just the beginning. It's an important, important step on your journey with Jesus, but it's really just on the front end of the rest of your lives, offering your whole entire life, your mouth, your heart, your body, your mind, everything, in your journey with Jesus. And, and that really is why we exist as a church, uh, to invite people on a journey with Jesus and to help facilitate that. And today you are saying yes to a lifelong journey with Jesus. And all the rest of us get to remember our commitment, our commitment to that lifelong journey with Jesus. Today, you are acknowledging who Jesus is, that, that he is God in the flesh. He is the, the only holy one, the one who, who loves you so much that he died for you in order to set you free to live the life that you were always, from the beginning of time, created to live. And today, you're saying yes to following him on that lifelong journey, not, not, not just a, a journey of belief, but a journey, like Kurt said, of faith and trust and action. It's a journey of transformation and growth as you get to know Jesus more and more and more, and your life reflects his life more and more and more. And that's what it's all about. It's not, it's not about, parents, I'm sorry, it's not about your grades, although those are important. It's not about uh, who your boyfriend is or who your girlfriend is, although that becomes more and more important as life goes on. Um, it's not about the sports that you play or the college that you get to, into or uh, even the career path that you choose, although God wants to work through all those things too. What you're confirming today is your trust in and your belief in Jesus, that in Jesus and a relationship with him, that is the most important thing in your entire life. That, that's what today's about, to say, I'm in for that. I'm in for following him because there is no better journey in this life than of following Jesus with everything I've got. So are, are you ready for that? Are you, are, are you, are, you know, I wasn't ready for that when I went through confirmation, <laughs> uh, but, but I gave what 
I knew of myself to the God that I knew at that time. And over the years, I've had to keep doing that over and over and over again. So, so um, uh, are you ready to do this? Let, let, let's do this. Uh, Megan, Kurt, uh, why don't, we, why don't uh, you come up and we'll, we'll begin this part of our service.